Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second of our two weekly free pods here on iTunes, the Android Store and anywhere you get your podcast. Now this of course is the one where we look forward to the weekend's match and this week Rangers take on Hearts but there's been quite a lot to discuss this week uh, since our last show on Monday night. So two guests joining me tonight. First up, the incorrigible Mr Ian Hogg. Good evening David, good evening everyone, hope you're all well. And the wonderful Mr. James Forrest. No, not that one. Lovely to speak to you boys once again. Monday night, did our pod, completed it. Story broke. The Sun newspaper broke it about Lee Wallace and Kenny Millett. And of course, uh, Tuesday morning, their suspension from the club was confirmed after, uh, I suppose we need to say, an alleged bust-up with uh, Graham Murty and... Rumours and counter-rumours have swirled about ever since then. What we do know to be an absolute fact is that the players have been suspended. In the case of Kenny Miller, his contract runs out next month, so it's a fair bet to assume that he will no longer or never play for Rangers again. Lee Wallace, the talk seems to be that he also has played his last game for Rangers and will be allowed to leave in the summer. Now... Over the last couple of days, because both players have excellent relationships with members of the press, their side of the the story has started to come out where they were saying that there was no physical altercation, it was an argument, it was uh, a few home truths were stated, which uh, they feel was to be expected after such a tame defeat for Graham Murty's part. Uh, Sources at the club have made it known that he felt for a while that these players were undermining him that Lee Wallace was fit but refusing to play Uh, and in fact he'd gone to the directors last week between the Dundee and Celtic matches and complained about the undermining from the players. Uh, 
Thursday night, as we record this podcast, Graham Murty is still in position. And in fact, Alistair Johnson, Rangers director, gave an interview this evening to the Press Association in which he said that Graham Murty's position will be reviewed without emotion at the end of the season, saying that uh, you can't just look at these things based on the last result, as bad as it might have been. And that, in fact, Rangers are a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of our progress. So, Hoggy, lots and lots to unpack. Let's kick off. What's your views on the, well, what we, I suppose we will term um, Miller Wallace Murtigate? Um, claim, counterclaim, rumour, uh, and difficult to know who to believe. I think, and it's, it's interesting in the cyberspace, David, that lots and lots of people have jumped to it's got to be one or the other that you back. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm firmly of the camp of, I quite like to understand the facts. I'd quite like to understand what they've actually been suspended for officially. Um, I'd quite like to understand the facts like did Murty try to sort it out himself or did he go straight to the board um, before making a kind of informed decision? I mean, I must admit, if, if it's if it's true that they have overstepped the line, whatever the line is, uh, and if it's true that Murty went to the board without trying to sort it out himself off the back of what I think has been a patchy rain, patchy at best, um, which accumulated in, in, in last Sunday's just abject, turgid, spineless shite, then if it happens to be true, I'd quite, you know, get get, get shot of the three of them. I mean, I, I, I tend to look at them in isolation almost, David. You know, it's, it's not one or the other. It's My belief is Murty should be gone um, and, you know... Jimmy Nick or, or whomever takes over for the last five games because last Sunday should see his position as untenable and the players you've got to take it uh, you know as 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 things come out but I guess given that everything points to clearly something has gone on it's just down to how bad was it did it get physical it would appear not um uh, what what was said and why was it said so it's we we, we badly need the facts uh, and at the minute, we only have one set of facts, and that was the results pointing to last Sunday. James Hoggy touches on a very interesting point there. I think that I think that us in the UK are conditioned to see things in terms of good and evil, and right and wrong, and goodies and baddies. And in situations, we tend to sort of want to know who the good guys are, so that we can pick a side and. That's that's how we go with it, and and you've certainly seen that. And there's no doubt, incidentally, that both Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace have done more for Rangers, regardless of of you know your particular opinion on them. They they both done more for Rangers than Graham Murty has. So a lot of fans have, uh, understandably, jumped to to their side, an unpopular manager against two popular players. But as as Hoggy touches upon, sometimes there are no goodies and sometimes in a side it's quite possible for all three of these guys to have been wrong in situations like these one of the interesting things to do is to look on Rangers Twitter and in terms of Rangers fans and to kind of get a gauge of reaction uh, to what's been going on and the line that has been sort of brought out again and again is a picture of Lee Wallace followed by his only crime was loyalty. Now, that very clearly shows that fans are very much on certainly Lee Wallace's side, 
Um, less so with Kenny Miller. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. I think fans have been more uh, sympathetic towards. I think there's an understanding with Kenny Miller. Also, it's not the first time. There's an understanding that this sort of thing has happened before with Kenny Miller. I think had you said to a Rangers fan, "There's going to be a blow up with players next week," um, name the two. I think they would have all came up with Kenny Miller, and few would have came up with Lee Wallace. Yeah, because obviously Lee Wallace has been with us from from 2012 all the way through. A lot of people have said stuff like, you know, he sacrificed a potentially a decent uh, international career, which I tend to agree with in that opinion, incidentally. But you know, it's with in regard to Kenny Miller, it's not the first time he's had he's had a problem with Pedro Cachinha before, to the point where Cachinha um, basically ostracised him. In the end, Kenny Miller's won out. Um, but on this occasion, I think fans are a wee bit wiser to the fact that clearly there is an issue with what Kenny Miller is doing for the club now. Now, we can look back on Kenny Miller's Rangers career and say that he has been overall uh, a good servant to the club. He's not a legend, but he is. He has done. He has done good for Rangers um, as well as not so good in other circumstances. But overall, he's done well. That doesn't mean that you can follow him blindly when it's patently obvious that he is a bad influence in the club and the sooner that he along with many others is out the door uh, we can start to move forward Hoggy now as you say a troubling aspect to this to me is that the manager has gone to the board twice now and the board have backed him We'll come to the rights and wrongs of that in a minute. But I'm like you. I I fear for a manager in any business, but particularly uh, in one as emotional and highly charged as a dressing room in football, that doesn't have the ability to lock down dressing room things like this on his own. And in fact, has to basically turn around and, and tell the, the superiors at the club to deal with it for him. And this was, we, we saw it under Warburton as well. It doesn't bode well for a manager's authority that he can't simply deal with this situation. And the fact that it is allowed to, he's allowed it to grow to this level, that I, I worry what that says about Graham Murty's ability to manage a dressing room full of egos and full of testosterone because it's not going to change. The faces will, the names will, but the situation will remain pretty similar. Um, it makes me question his, his, his ability to handle true pressure at, at the biggest football club in the land. Um, I, and I, I, I simply don't believe that he can. Um, you know, he's, he's never had this experience before. He's been pitched in at the deep end in traumatic circumstances, into chaos. He's tried to make sense and make success out of chaos and failed. Let's face it. Uh, you know, he's, he's lost in this term since uh, the very last weekend in October. I think he's lost eight matches. That's that's a lot of games. Um, he's had interviews like, was it post Kilmarnock, I think, or St Johnson at Ibrox just before Christmas, whereby he was patently close to tears in the interview. He's had several. Was, he's had several. Yeah, D- Dundee, you know, I, I, St Johnson, Kilmarnock, Celtic. He's had Dundee. several. 
Yeah, I, I, where yeah, he's yeah. where he's quite clearly been choking back tears. Yes. Yeah. I, so that was the first time we've seen it again. We saw it on Sunday. Um, he's. If all the rumours are to be believed, and you know, there's there's my disclaimer on it because I go back to I I'd, I'd like all the facts, thanks. But uh, if the rumours are to be believed, and and he's gone to the board and he hasn't attempted really to sort out, then th- there's in a kind of uber male dominated environment. And we can all argue the rights and wrongs of that, but let's not argue the reality of yes, the situation. Agreed. Agreed. Um, that that is the reality that he has to deal with. He's not been dealing with it. Um, I fear for him on Sunday. I fear for him because of the. I I, I do think that the atmosphere will be quite poisonous, um, or resigned. One of the two, and if it's resigned, should heart score and go ahead, it will become poisonous. Uh, and I, I sincerely hope that does not happen. Uh, I want us to win. I want us to scud hearts 5 nothing. But I do fear for him in that sense. Um, I do think he... So, I do think he, he, he should have been taken out the firing line because he's not performing. And I do think that the board's got a duty of care to look at him and, and think, do you know what? Are we keeping him, are we keeping him in there simply to cover our ills and our arses and effectively just offering him up as bait. My view, James, is that he's not getting the job. I think it's clear. I think it's been clear for a few weeks and I think his uh, demeanour has altered in that time. I think if you you look the after the, the Celtic game and the Kilmarnock game, I think his demeanour has altered and has shifted and he's almost looked like a man who knows he's not getting the job and of course now it's it's abundantly clear uh, let's just put a cards on the table here the, the board if they are entertaining any notion, I don't think they are but if they were entertaining any notion he can remain permanently he cannot, the fans will be uh, out, out for blood if that happens, the fans reaction will be venomous so I, I think everyone is aware now to Hoggy's point I argued earlier in the week and I stick by it that I would remove him because I, I also fear for his reaction to what could be intense pressure and if he breaks down publicly in any way he's finished as a manager full stop never met he'll never he would never be able to to get away from that even at smaller clubs it would follow him around forever much in the same way as you know Steve McLaren's England tenure in in the UK certainly has followed him around that sometimes things become a millstone that you can't shake now if he was still competing for the job absolutely but for me I I agree with Augie if I had an employee who was showing such visible signs of fragility and you know let's not be coy about it issues then for his own good I'd be saying take a couple of weeks off and in the case of Graham Murty I'm not sure I see quite what the board think the outcome is here I'm not quite sure what the advantage of leaving him in is. Uh, if it was a case of he's removed two bad apples and the rest of the players totally agree with him, I could get it. That's not the case. I'm, you know, I'm 
quite happy to state that here. Um, anyone who has any contact with certain other players in that group will be aware that by no means is it a case of other players who are 100% behind them. So I don't get it. And I'm like Hoggy, the cynical side of me says, well, if Hearts score and the fans turn on Sunday or in future matches, they will probably turn on Graham Murty first. They'll turn on the players, they'll turn on Graham Murty, and then third in that line will be the board. Whereas if they remove Graham Murty, the fans are clearly not going to turn on a, a Jimmy Nickel or a Jonathan Johansson. It's, it's clearly not going to be their fault. They're not going to be in the target, eh, or they're not going to be seen as targets at that point. So is that the reason he's remaining? And what, if any, is the plan for the next five matches? Because we're still in a fight for third. Uh, for second, you know, God, I'm I'm taking this down a place. We're still in a fight for second. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a few points to cover there. Um, first of all, in regard to Marty still being in this position, um, I think we, the three of us, had talked about this not that long ago. There's there's a duty of care that needs to be that needs to be put in place here because you're right. Graham Marty has never shown uh, in his tenure at the club. Uh, as being the interim manager he's never shown that he's able to take the pressure that being a manager of such a big club as Rangers you know is he can't take that pressure I think it's a very real possibility that if fans really started to turn on him as well as others uh, on Sunday that he will you know he is it's very possible he could be a blubbering mess there's, there's no, and I, and I don't see that with any, with any joy. I, I would be, I would be devastated for that to happen to him. But there's every chance that he could end up in real tears on the touchline, and then it's a case of right, what do we do? You know, I think the board are, the board are hiding behind Murty still being in that position. Now you could, you could look at it a number of different ways. I'm going to credit Stuart McCall because on the on the chat, one of the points he raised, and I think, is an interesting point, is you know I think I think as you say, it's right that um, Marty's not going to be in the frame for this job, um, and obviously that would mean that you would hope the board are looking for managerial replacements. Now, are the are the board saying that we need to show that we back our managers? And so, in this situation that we've had with the with the Miller Wallace Murty Gate, you know, we show solidarity with our manager because that makes us more attractive to future managers at the club. There's every yeah. possibility, and I think it's an interesting point that Stuart raises on that. I should point out that's our Stuart McCall, not the ex Rangers legend. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. But yes, no, that's right. Um, Although you know, if if if, Stuart, if the Stuart McCall, um, yes, that one wants to get in touch with us on that, would be more than happy to hear from him. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Uh, now, to the game itself, I you know, if if the man, if the Hearts manager Craig Levine ever had any sense of uh, smarts, you know, they would they would be daft not to go gun ho in the first minutes of the game because an early goal could just completely destroy the atmosphere. I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating, and I'm and I'm worried about what it's going to be like. I because I cannot. There's there's nothing positive you can take, and and that's down to the board. They've not they've not done anything in the last week that gives fans a sense of optimism going into, as you say, uh, a difficult running. You know, this is a difficult running where we are challenging for second. Heck, we're challenging for third. 
we're challenging for third. The the priority that this squad have is to get into Europe next season. Second would confirm that. Third would confirm that. Fourth doesn't necessarily confirm it. More than likely does. But even then, the way that we're playing just now, with the, all the stuff that's going off the field, can you see us comfortably finishing in between second and fourth? For me, I think there's work to be done. The other issue there, David, is... Um Graham Murty standing in the dressing room with the folk who are left. You know, let's face it, it's only two players that have been suspended, but two very senior players. You don't get more senior in the dressing room than the captain and the vice-captain. Um, and the players that are left, you've got to wonder what element of respect they have for the manager in the current circumstances. Unless, of course, they all fucking hated Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace. And I don't believe that to be true for a second. What I would um, say is what I've been told, and people can either choose to believe me or choose not to, but that there are a lot of players who are four square behind Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace. There are other players who dislike Miller and agree that he is a disruptive influence, but it doesn't mean that they are automatically in Camp Murty either. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you don't have a situation where automatically if players think that, that, well, Kenny Miller is a bit of a disruptive influence in the dressing room and in particular young players, I think that, that have been surprised by the attitude of, of Kenny Miller towards him it doesn't mean yeah. then that they think oh, so Graham Murty is automatically right so I, I don't believe there's a great groundswell of support for him in the dressing room currently. But I do think with, uh, with well, you know we've all been in a situation whereby we've had a shite manager Yes. Let's, let's it, yeah. Um, and I think there's a genuine lack of leadership in that dressing room. Uh, and therefore, lack of respect will fester. Um, it's another reason why I would take Graham Murty out the firing line. Um, so, you know, I, I think I've been quite clear on, on, on my thoughts on Murty, on, on, on Miller and Wallace. As I say, absolutely want the facts. I want the facts of why they've been suspended. Uh, you know, Marched off, marched off site in a matter of minutes, and I think that that's that's all due process. And they've been told that they'll find out the the detailed reasons why by the end of the week. Uh, we've had um, their press pals going into overdrive, much in the same way as the board's press pals have gone into overdrive as well, and kind of almost rival rival uh, print copies. Um, I think, uh, bottom line, David, is if, if, if push came to shove, right, would any of us really shed a tear if Kenny Miller left, never to return? Probably not. Would many of us want Lee Wallace to remain? Probably. Um, and, 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 and that in itself drives a whole good guy, bad guy thing. So, you know, I'll go back to what I said at the outset. We need to look at it in isolation. It can't be an either-or. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, I've spoken on here for years that you know I'm not a huge Kenny Miller fan. Uh, and yes, it's for the reasons you think it is. But I'm totally sad that Lee Wallace's Rangers career is going to end this way. And quite quite you know, honest about that and, and quite upfront about it. I, I think it's a shame for a guy that no matter what you think of his abilities or whatever, um, he was there throughout this entire journey and it, it, it saddens me that it's going to end it's going to end this way and I think I'm just a bit fucking fed up James of this shite because with the best will in the world this is not the first time 
In fact, the last three managers, we have had an instance like that. And that, to me, speaks to a fundamental lack of leadership throughout the club because it's almost like a class where constantly they're getting in supply teachers and they know they can rip the piss. And occasionally the heady or the heady will, will pop his head round the door and shout at them and they'll settle down for a bit, but it's only a temporary measure. Well, to use your analogy there, there comes a point where if enough teachers can't deal with the situation, the headmaster needs to te- step in and take some fucking responsibility. Uh, and I think that that's been lacking uh, desperately. See if, you know, and I don't, I don't care how how good someone has been for Rangers over the past however many years, if their, if their presence in the dressing room is starting to cause a rift in the squad and the best thing for the team going forward is for them to leave, then they've got to go. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter how well you've done over your career. If you are a negative influence on that dressing room, you've got to go because the fact is the club comes first and it always will. So... You know, to use your classroom analogy again, if people need to start getting expelled, so be it. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think that the board are trying in their own way, and we can debate the merits <laughs> of it, to show that now. But, you know, if you were to say to me, well, David, it's too little, too late, I don't think I would have much of an argument for you because the season has unravelled at a, an alarming rate of knots. I think that there were signs there that it could have gone either way and again I think we've gambled we've gambled a lot over the last couple of seasons you know we gambled with Pedro we've gambled on older players who maybe their reputation elsewhere that they could come in and, and turn the trick and it's <laughs> when you gamble uh, I, I wouldn't go to the casino if I was the board because they're in a real shit run of betting at the moment Hoggy and Really, where we are at the moment, we kind of deserve to be because you can't say we've been unlucky or whatever. I mean, these are this is decisions that have gone wrong, and we are now bearing witness to the results. I think we've got a whole series of decisions that take ages to be made for whatever reason. Uh, perhaps they don't have mobile phones in South Africa. Um, decisions that take ages to be made invariably they're the wrong decisions and it leads us to where we are now. We've got a managing director who's a finance director by trade. He's a, you know, he's... he's, It reminds me, David, of um, David Murray and Martin Bain as a yes man. But now we've got Dave King and Stuart Robertson as a yes man. And I could be, I could be completely wrong, right? But that's how it looks from the outside in because... A managing director's there to manage. He's there to manage day-to-day. He's there to manage the crisis. He's there to manage it through to succession. Uh, sorry, to, to, to successful conclusion. He's there for, to ensure succession planning. And he's there to be managed against success criteria. I don't see any of that at all. Uh, the whole manager circus that we've had on a number of occasions now points to that. Um, Alistair Johnson's Press Association released tonight kind of points to that. Apparently we're ahead of the curve at the minute and we shouldn't get too emotional over results. Sorry, Alistair, are, are, are you fucking being for real? Yeah, um, if, 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 if you think Sunday being ha- clinging on for dear life in second place and being miles behind Celtic who have just played us off the park 
with the most tepid, spineless, gutless, dickless performance I may ever have witnessed against Celtic. If you think that's ahead of the curve, by God, you've sorely, sorely misjudged the mood music. So, you know, there's a lack of leadership from the top down equals, you know, dissension in the ranks bottom up. You see it in every industry across the world, irrespective of what country it is, and it's happening in our backyard. James, somebody challenged me to come up, because I think the board have done good things, and I think that they're all field, you know, our, our expert Andy looks at the books, he's quite happy with them, he looks at them in some detail, and I think it would be very unfair, and I will argue with anyone, that the off-the-field stuff the board are doing is going well, and that's that's intensely important. We saw what happens when you don't keep your eye on that sort of thing. Um, press, PR, etc., absolutely, there's room for criticism there, solid room for criticism there, and I would tend to agree with anyone who, who wanted to, to address that. But someone challenged me to come up with a good football decision they've made in the last two and a half years, and I couldn't. Yeah, I I, I can't either. Um, you know, you, you say that the board have done, you know, good things when it comes to off-field stuff. Yes, I would agree. I think there's been, I think there's been progress made uh, in regard to the financials, in regard to, you know, our, our PR. There's improvements there. But, that's like a goalkeeper who is fucking brilliant at diving to his right, but cannot use his left hand to save anything. So, you know, it's it's halfway there. Yeah, there's, there's decent stuff going on, but you need the all-round package for it to work. And they're desperately lacking in, in football and footballing acumen. They've... Right, that, that, that might be unfair because Mark Allen has in his first kind of proper transfer window has brought in some good acquisitions and looks like he could be a useful asset for us in the footballing department so mark allen there's a there's an asterisk over that as to whether the board have actually done well on that appointment or not but yeah. i think we can have a better judgment on that once the summer transfer window happens yeah agreed agreed Put, put it put it into David. Put it into um, any other industry, any other organisational speak. And um, I think I said on the on the post match pod uh, on, on on Patreon on Sunday when I was somewhat animated. I think it's fair to say. Um, I talked about the, the the board have clearly done superb things for us, and we will all be eternally grateful. But at some point, you've got to kind of draw a line and say, right. That was the past. Let's move forward. And in in any other business, in any other operation, you would look at um, let's call it the back office and the infrastructure versus the front office, the product and the sales. Um, and effectively, what the what the board have focused on is the infrastructure and the back office, and they've done very well there. And there's lots of unseen work, and it's you know it's sorting it out. But the front office, the product development and the sales has been utterly appalling, which at the end of the day, any customer base, that's what they see. That's where they make their informed decisions on and that's what drives the, the, the money and the income. Now, the footballing decisions are effectively our front office, our product development and our sales. If we are getting that continually wrong, 
the money's going to dry up. That's pure business sense. So at some point, uh, at some point, the, the the board, who are all very very successful businessmen in their own right and their own field, are going to have to start treating Rangers as they would treat their own business and get that front office bit sorted and get the front office decision making sorted. I'm fairly sure, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I'm going to exaggerate to make the point. I'm fairly sure Dave King wouldn't have the tea boy in charge of his his, his uh, front office and product development operations. And therefore, I question why Rangers have got that. To Sunday's game, now James, you said earlier you, you're wondering what kind of atmosphere it will be at. I think it will start off sullen and quiet. Uh, I don't think that fans will go there and immediately start venting. I think that it will be... I think the attendance will be down. Uh, I think it would have been anyway because of the kick-off time and the fact it's a Sunday. But I think that there will be a sullen atmosphere... I think the union bears have already said that they are planning to be silent as a protest and I think the atmosphere will be quite uh, dark. It will then depend on how the game itself will go. So let's try to, within the context of that, analyse the game. We're playing a heart side who have made the top six, haven't been, I think it's fair to say, probably the least impressive of the top six sides in terms of their, their league performance this season. And... I think probably the side that the most are just happy to be there. Uh, Craig Levine came in, steadied the ship. He's had two games against Rangers, a 3-1 win for Rangers at Murrayfield and a 2-0 victory the last time we played at Ibrox. A couple of familiar faces, of course, in that heart side. Christoph Beres had a good season and he's, he's blooded some youngsters. So I think transitional season is probably the description. And I think that given... The, the kind of form they were in when Ian Cathro left he would probably have accepted that when Craig Levine came in <clears throat> he is, as you said, a canny operator now, Kenny Miller obviously isn't going to be an option for this match what do you see Rangers lining up with and how do you see the game going? Right, so in terms of how do we think we're going to line up I think it's patently obvious that it's going to be the same setup. I don't think that there's any doubt that we're not going to play the four-two-three-one. Um, I would imagine Josh Windas comes back into the comes back into the starting lineup. Uh, I would imagine it will continue to be the midfield of uh, Dorans and Doherty. Uh, the wide players will still be there. Centre backs probably a combination of either, well, I would imagine it's probably going to be Alves and Martin because I think McCrory would be suspended uh, and it will be Morelos up front. You know, it's 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 that predictable. It's that easy. Um, touching on your point of the atmosphere, uh, this is a point that uh, rankles me a lot. For us to protest is perfectly within our right you know you protest the way that you want to if that means that you decide not to go to the game on Sunday by all means you you do that 100% if you're going to the game I will be one of those that will be there on Sunday if you go there and you want to vent your anger at the board um, before the game you're perfectly entitled to do that but when the when the whistle goes for the start of the game the idea that we're going to not sing, we're not going to not back the players during the 90 minutes is something that baffles me. No matter what is going on, you have to back the team that's on the park. Um, because if you don't, then frankly, you 
in my opinion, you don't care about the result, and we're not in a position where we can't care about the results, um, especially when at the at the end of the season when we do have things to play for. It might not feel like it, but yeah, we really, really do. So I would hope that fans will get behind the team, and I would hope that that gives the players a reaction that they need going into this game. I think I that's just a like, nice, wait, uh, uh, sorry, hang sorry, on sorry. a minute, Hoggy. I think that's a yeah. nice sentiment, James, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, as I say, I don't think there'll be protests at the start of the game, but I do think that there will be this kind of quiet, almost funereal atmosphere. And let's be honest, we've seen at Ibrox this season, there are people who are upset fairly quickly and fairly easily and now they've had an awful lot to be upset about and I just worry that what happens when the misplaced passes start because we, we've we seen before that it, it can be a difficult environment at the best of times and now you're throwing in the fact that the fans have had an awful lot to get upset about so while I agree with your sentiment I just don't see it happening I think the atmosphere will be at best quiet I also think um Groups like the Union Bears are, uh, personal opinion, taken for granted at Ibrooks, both by the club and by the support. And quite often they're viewed almost as performance seals and, uh, and, and they're not in the slightest. Can you imagine what Ibrooks is like without the Union Bears and before that the Blue Order? Yeah. It'd be, it'd be like a library. We'll soon find out on Sunday. Because actually, the Union Bears are well within the rights to say, do you know what, we're not going to jump about like loonies and sing for 90 minutes because we're fed up with this shite. Um, and and actually, if, if if they sang their hearts out and jumped about like loonies, the, the, there is a part of me that really, really sympathises with the view that, well, they're backing what they're seeing. Um, so... I get the sentiment, James, and I think in conceptually it's the right sentiment. But certainly from the Union Bears' point of view, I I wholly, wholly back their stance on this. James, no, I, no, that's that's fair. No, I I was just I was just thinking about my response there because I I I can't I can't disagree with what you're saying, and I agree that the Union Bears are something that are very important to us and. Frankly, anything that the club can do to give them a give them a better voice when it comes to in the stadium, the better because they do they do generate an atmosphere that otherwise would be lacking. And as you say, I think we'll find out on Sunday what what that would be like. I just I I, I guess from my point of view, the sentiment is there that you know you want to you want to back the team, you want to. You want to do what you can, um, especially in a, a we're, we're not in a position in terms of the table where where we can put our foot off the gas on that one. Um, but, but in saying that, I think that we have every right to vent our frustration at what has been going on um, because we're Rangers Football Club. It's not fucking acceptable what's been going on, and look at what look at what everything that's been going on. Look at what it's making us do. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that it was the man out of the performance last week was the final straw for, for so many people because it, there was nothing about it that you could in any way accept, never mind you know praise, and it knocked the stuffing out of a lot of Rangers fans because it did appear 
that you had a team that didn't care. And I, for one, don't buy this. Well, they were all upset when they get back to the dressing room. Well, whoopee, you know, too little, too late. Um, you don't need to live with it. You you get to go to, to Auchenhowie and, and live in the bubble. We're the ones who need to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. And, yeah, it, it was an unforgivable display, and we, we therefore can't, accept, eh, can't expect Though within a week the fans will have forgiven them for it. In fact, the only way to rebuild trust is to come out on Sunday, you know, buzzing, chucking themselves into tackles, going for every ball, and um, to try and make it up to us. Because I think that it was a disgrace. It really was. It wasn't just the fact that it was a defeat. We've seen defeats. Defeats are disappointing. It was a surrender. It was abject, and the fans, I think, were for so many of them. It was like, no, you you've broken the trust. That, that is essential in any in any support or uh, team relationship and whether or not they can get it back I don't know but the best way to start to attempt it is as I say ferocious commitment are this a living capable of it and it's interesting Hoggy that James has said he doesn't apart from maybe Josh Windass for Andy Halliday and any suspensions and injuries he doesn't see any changes uh, other than going back to the four two three one. I'm kind of looking at the squad and, and I know where he's coming from and I wonder about it, but I, I I don't know how many options he has, whether he might be tempted to throw in a youngster or whatever, whether he might be tempted to chuck in Jason Cummings, who is popular with the support and is untouched really by by this. He, he's not been involved too much to be dragged into the mire. And I wonder if he might go with him uh, and put Morelos on the bench this week but I would probably agree that I definitely see that being the system and Windass coming in and I think really the only other place I can potentially see changes is maybe in the midfield too maybe Holt in for Doherty but that's really about it Well let, let's let's look at the evidence presented to date David um, we, we go through periods of we win a few we lose two or three, we win a few we lose two or three, that's been Graham Murty's uh, tenure and all the way through, we've played exactly the same, by and large. We've played two midfielders, one advance, two wide men, one up front, apart from last Sunday, when we came up with the most fucking ridiculous shape and didn't press Celtic. Um, and inside 40 minutes, we'd reverted back to same old, same old. Graham Murty knows and is comfortable playing one way. We will play that way on Sunday. Some of the personnel may change. Uh, he might take Doherty out. He might put in a Jason Hole. Um, Andy Halliday won't play. That's a that's, fucking recent yeah, certainty. That's a certainty, um, yes. And Josh Windass is a stick-on to play. I suspect Cummins will play instead of Morelos. Almost from a kind of, you know, positivity factor. Um, but we will end up, I, I have absolutely no doubt about this, we will end up in a position where we've got two midfielders against three midfielders. And I will be amazed, delighted and amazed, if if, if it doesn't happen. But, but I, I will be amazed if Hearts don't pack the midfield, look to run over the top of us and get high balls into, uh, into Kyle Lafferty to match up against Russell Martin. Not against Bruno Alves, but high balls Lafferty against Russell Martin. Okay, prediction time then. Uh, I'll start with you, James. What's your prediction for Sunday? 
I'm never one to not predict a Rangers win and if I'm sceptical about a result uh, I'll tend to go for a low scoring game that sounds drab so in the spirit of that I think Rangers will win 1-0 and it'll be an own goal <laughs> Okay. I can't see Hearts not scoring um, I think it might end up 1-1 I'm going to go with James and go 1-0 in a turgid game that's where I think we'll win 1-0 in a turgid game and it won't be a lot of fun for anyone concerned but we'll get the victory at least and, and move on from there that's that's what I think prove me wrong Rangers go out there champagne performance 4 or 5-0 uh, I think that's the least you could do before we go then today gents uh, the Hummel deal has been announced or I don't know if it's been announced officially but has has broken in all the newspapers £10 million over three years from Hummel the Danish kit manufacturers um, some people disappointed that it maybe wasn't a bigger name brand um, others quite happy Hummel uh, quite a good cult make uh, as those of us who frequented Aspecto over the years would know and a lot of people who simply don't give a toss because you know they don't wear a Hummel or a Puma or a, an Adidas top they wear a Rangers top and I'd probably count myself in that, that clan as well Hoggy your thoughts on the kit deal uh, the money that's coming in and what you you feel about it moving forward? The money's clearly welcome. Um, I, I I'd love to think the money wasn't quite enough. We could have pushed a bigger deal, um, maybe akin to a you know Celtic's last deal as a barometer. But you know it's slowly, slowly as you go type stuff. Um, so it's it's a decent deal. It's not a brilliant deal, but it's not a poor deal. Um, Hummel versus an Adidas or a Nike or a whoever, you've got to weigh up. Um, you've got to weigh up really two opposite sides of the coin. If if you go with a tried and tested big name brand like an Adidas or Nike, you're down the pecking order. If you go with a Hummel, we will be the biggest club that they have. So therefore, it's it's almost um, the massive machine versus Hummel will go all out to sell our kit. So, you know, I, I think ultimately it's an interesting deal. I hope we make the best of it. I hope it's a £10 million plus whatever sales are. I hope Rangers fans go out and buy as many as they fucking well can because we'll make more money. I've seen lots and lots of chatter around and let's make one of the strips orange. Uh, my own opinion on that, David, for the record is I couldn't give two fucks about the colour of strip. I'd rather get the players playing 120% inside the jersey and bother about that first. But from a marketing point of view, whatever makes us most money. And uh, and of course, there is the part of me that says, let's stick it up to everyone else. Uh, I think orange kits have been discussed, but I don't think there'll be one next season. I'd be really surprised if there was. James? Yeah, no, I, I completely concur with everything Ian Hogg said there. I think that... Um, you know, it, it will never matter to me what uh, what is written on the top right-hand side in terms of who the kit maker is. All that's ever going to matter to me is the badge that's over your heart on the left-hand side, and that will always be RFC to me. So no matter who's making the kit, that's all that matters. And so long as it's a nice blue home kit, then you're happy. As far as the money, it's a considerable, considerable improvement on uh, what we had previously. So going in the right direction... Uh, I bow to the superior knowledge of guys who've got a bit more nous in the financial aspects of football, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's progress. So yeah, all for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be more than 10 times what we've made from strips uh, <laughs> since 2012. So, yeah, I th I'm quite happy with the financial figures. So, he says, once we demonstrate again the amount of kits we can sell, we become more attractive, and then next time we can ask for more money. So I think it's, as you say, it's a step, it's progress on the on the journey. Okie doke then, that's everything from us this week, or on this episode this week. If you like Heart and Handle and you want to hear more from us, then go to our subscription page, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where there are tons and tons of new shows, at least three a day, often four. Um, all different types of content, some of it to do with... Uh, Rangers, of course, most of it to do with Rangers, some of it to do with Rangers history, some of it to do with Rangers players, some of it to do with us having a laugh about the world of football uh, and other things as well. Uh, some of it to do with uh, the EPL or European football. But uh, yeah, if you like football, we have it covered. Only one ninety nine per month. Go and check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, if, however, you're you're quite happy just with the two free ones, we thank you for, for continuing to support us in that way. We'll be back on Monday with a full breakdown of Sunday's match. So all that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, and to thank my two guests tonight. First of all, the wonderful Mr Ian Hogg. Pleasure as always, David. Thank you. The tremendous Mr James Forrest. Play up the Glasgow Rangers. Thanks very much, David. No, no, not that one. No, not that one. Yeah, that, well, let's make that clear. My name's David Edgar. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you again on Monday. Cheers. Bye. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.